Hey everyone, I'm Tina. And I'm Serena, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. Serena, you and I grew up with our moms supporting us in one way or another as we became moms, right? Neither of us, although neither of us lived near our mothers when our kids were born, but we were able to access them if we needed them for some advice or maybe some advice we didn't even need, right? (laughs) But the reality is for a variety of reasons, many new moms don't have their own mothers to lean on. Um, We have yet to explore this kind of complex topic. And today we have a guest who will talk about this very thing from a personal and professional perspective. Dr. Melissa Riley is a mother of two boys and a mom without a mom. She has been a clinical psychologist for 23 years and is mom coach, passionate about helping moms separated from their mother by physical distance, estrangement, or death. She helps moms move from feeling alone and without mom support to a place of resilience and self-confidence. Even on those days, they long for a loving mom right beside them. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Serena and Tina. It is my pleasure to be here. So this passion for the work that you do comes from a very personal place. And if you would, can you share a little bit of your story? Sure, I'd be happy to. So As you had mentioned, I'm a clinical psychologist, and the first half of my adult life was focused on becoming a psychologist. So Mm -hmm. I became a mother later in life. I was just a few days shy of my 38th birthday when I gave birth to my son. And I'll never forget that day when my husband placed our baby on my chest, and I realized I had no idea what to do. I, at that point, didn't have any female relations. My mother and both my sisters had passed away many years prior, Hmm. and I was alone. I didn't have any support. My friends who had had children, their children were grown up or teenagers, so they were in a very different life space. And all of my experience was, you know, with my professional life. Hmm. Now, even though... I had been a clinical psychologist who had seen hundreds of moms treating them for their um, new mom anxiety, parenting skills, relationship dynamics. In fact, I even taught human development and child and adolescent development at the graduate level, but none of that prepared me for just how overwhelmed, isolated, and inadequate I felt at that moment. And It took me a while to realize that it went beyond the the typical insecurities of of most new moms. I was experiencing a grief process for my mother that I didn't recognize as a grief process because my mother had died back when I was 25. So this was 
quite a while previously. And I, I had already done the typical grieving and had gone through a number of typical adult milestones. So I knew what that grieving process was like. But the reality is all moms, regardless of their relationship with their mother, want the support and guidance of a loving mother. And when you don't have that, either because she's died or because you don't have a healthy relationship with her, then you grieve what you had wanted to have. Mm. And that's what I was experiencing. Mm. Yeah. So, so as you, as you've said, there was little information out there about parenting without a mother figure present in your life. And I, I feel like it's not something that is talked about. You could correct me on that if if that's if that's wrong. But um, what you did do is create that kind of support that you wish you had had, which is amazing. So tell us about your mom coach program. Sure. Um, as you had mentioned, absolutely, there isn't a lot of support out there. In fact, after my son was born, I kept seeing clients and uh, I started noticing these patterns amongst other moms who were like me and didn't have a mom. And so being the psych nerd that I am, I thought, hmm, there must be something to this. <laughs> so I did the research and sure enough, not a lot out there. <laughs> and so I made the decision to do something about that. And I started creating my own program. And the things that I recognize that are in common are Moms who don't have the support and guidance of a loving mom, as I already mentioned, they go through a grief process, but they also um, don't have a go-to person that most mothers function as. So we need to intentionally build a mom community. And then the third commonality is some difficulty in creating a mom identity. So basically, who are we as a mom? Because let's face it, right? We aren't born knowing how to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we learned that from our own experiences of mothering, as well as from witnessing the mothers around us, primarily our own. But if we don't have a good mother, or we never had a good mother, or we had one and she's gone, then we need to do more to actively create our identity. Yeah. So that's a really interesting point, right? We have, uh, we live in a very complex society where many of us, uh, I mean, we do, we do not live in the 1950s, although I'm not sure the 1950s really was what everyone perceived it to be, but <laughs> uh, let's just go with that. Um, you know, we have, we have foster adoptive parents. We have those bio parents who don't have supports. It is a very complex place. So, you know, I think the work you, you're doing is so important. Um, this motherless moms thing, you know, like having those role models, because, you know, part of your coaching, we are all about support. It's how we started working together. Serena and I supported families and I think we've um lots of people talk about this including Bruce Perry in in his book What Happened to You right he talks about the fact that the difference between families that had been successful in the past and like why do we have so many families that are are really struggling and it's about that support right we mm -hmm. don't live with the same perceived support structure and we, you know, people need more support. So we, we all know that, right. We all need support. And many, as many of us just don't know how to ask for that support. 
but the specific kind of support, um, you know, that would be most supportive to us. So I would say I never assume what somebody needs until they tell me what they need. Right. I don't, I don't think, think that's fair. So tell us a little bit about this support aspect of coaching. Well, coaching and psychotherapy are different. So I like to use an analogy. And when I think about therapy, it's like using a full length mirror. So you can see all of yourself and make adjustments. And it's a big perspective. Whereas coaching is like using a makeup mirror. So you're looking at one specific area and um, making adjustments there very specifically. So um, as a clinical psychologist and coach, um, I do both Hmm. in my clinical practice. I, you know, treat anxiety and depression and a lot of childhood trauma experiences and so forth. And then in my coaching program, that is where I focus on assisting those moms who don't have a mom recognize the impact that not having a mom has on their life. So in the beginning, for example, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew something was wrong with me. I couldn't seem to get my stuff together, you know, Um, despite having all the background, age and education. And so I felt like there must be something wrong with me. I internalized it. Well, the reality is that isn't true. There are, like I said earlier, differing aspects of being a mom without a mom that can become problematic. And, but unfortunately, if we don't, if we can't label it or identify it or recognize what's making us feel badly, we tend to default to there's something wrong about who I am, Mm -hmm. or we label ourselves as bad. I'm a bad mom. I'm overwhelmed. I'm never going to get this. So the first part of being supportive and coaching is helping the mom recognize and identify first that there is something, you know, making her feel this way that it isn't her and then helping her dive in to see what it is. And then we strategize and create um, tools and a path forward so that she can, you know, live her best life, whether that is helping her um, develop her mom community, whether that's helping her with tools on recognizing when grief um, pops up unexpectedly in her life and then giving her strategies to address that. Or, and depending on, you know, how long I work with, with each mom, looking at the the pieces of the mom identity, you know, what are those values and priorities that you experienced from your mom or you've witnessed from others that are consistent with your own values and priorities that you want to hold on to and keep? And what are the things you want to let go of? Um, Because that can really vary. So for example, when, when moms have had very positive experiences with their mother, and then she dies, they can experience grief when and and feel like they're betraying their mom if they try and do things differently or they mm. walk a different path. Or you can also have a mom who had a real estrangement with her mother 
And then when she hears her mother's voice in her head, in her own parenting, then she starts feeling guilty and really badly about herself, even if some of those things were, were positive. So, so I help them to sift through all of that as well. Hmm. So I, I'm curious, Melissa, we didn't, um, I, I didn't do any research sort of for this episode, but do you have statistics around how many people out there are finding themselves mothering without a mother? Um, that's a great question. There aren't any specific statistics for moms without a mom. However, there was a study done by the Pew Research Foundation back in 2017, and they found that there were 4 million children living in homes that didn't have a mom. Mm. Yeah, that then- was that was interesting because that was the research that I did find, and I wasn't sure how necessarily relevant that was. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Oh, you're welcome. Well, and that same study found that that number in 1997 was 3 million. And then back in 67, it was 1 million. Mm -hmm. So what we can do from those numbers is we can extrapolate and recognize that now those children grow up. They didn't have a mom back then, you know, now they may have stepmoms or other mother figures, but they still had the loss of a mom figure. And so now we know that there are millions of moms who are parenting with that experience. And that doesn't even include women like me who lost her mother in adulthood, nor does it include the mothers who are disconnected from their mom through an emotional or physical distance. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, it is a much more common circumstance than people recognize. I can't tell you how many women I've spoke to that said, oh my goodness, you know, I am a mom without a mom, Mm. but my mom's alive. And I didn't even realize how much that was an impact. In fact, those moms feel even more shame because there's this idea of, well, I can't talk about not having a mom because she's here. She's Mm. just no good to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like there are likely a lot of people listening who uh, <laughs> yes. who share this experience for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I can imagine that um, you know you're helping moms out there hold some very hard feelings and stories. Um, and what we know to be true is that even the best caretakers need to take good care of themselves. So what what do you do for self care? Oh, I have a number of things that I go to. First of all. I'm a bit of an introvert. Actually, I'm not a bit of an introvert. I'm a huge <laughs> introvert. And and but my life is as a helper. And so I am with people all day long. And then I come home and I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. And so my resources and energy can become drained. I mean, they they not can, they do, they get drained every day. Mm-hmm. So I am very careful about being aware of where my physical energy is, as well as my emotional and spiritual energy. And I take time to myself, usually a minute to two minutes to 10 minutes, several times throughout the day, because I need to continuously be replenishing. I can't wait till the end of the day. Otherwise mm-hmm. I become a cranky hot mess and just ask <laughs> my family that they'll, they'll attest to that. But several times a day, I take just a few minutes and I just focus on my breathing, you know, a nice calming in breath and a nice calming out breath. And I imagine light coming into my body 
and then the tension leaving my body. And, you know, I have a number of other relaxing um, techniques, but I am a big fan. And I think this is so important for moms out there is to do these things in really small, little bitty increments throughout the day. I think a lot of times when we think about self-care, we think about those big things, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're a mom, especially if, if, you don't have somebody that can just come watch your kids for you. Um, you don't get that opportunity to to step away very often, especially when your kids are young. And so it's about those little things. Um, I would do little yoga uh, poses with my son when he was little, uh, just one, you know, or two. And that would calm me down. It would calm him down mm-hmm. if we needed calming down, if our, if our um, uh, nervous systems were, you know, um, dysregulated. Um, but I also, uh, you know, pray routinely as a big part of, of my life is my faith community. I read and, um, those are my, my, and, and being outside, you know, I absolutely love nature and I have lots of windows in my home. In fact, right now I'm sitting in my office, looking out my windows as we talk. Hmm. So that light super important. Yeah, absolutely. So, I can imagine after this conversation that this is striking a chord with some of our listeners and uh, might be they might be seeking some support like this. So I'm curious how they can find you. Well, I'd be happy to tell you how they can find me. But even before they do that, I want to talk a little bit about building community, if that is okay yeah, with absolutely. you. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because um, this is going to be in their day-to-day life. So... Yeah, everybody talks about you need a mom community, right? But it becomes really hard to figure out who to have in our mom community. So I identify four specific types of people that every mom should have, but especially moms without a mom. So the first person I like to call a wise woman. So this is the person that knows things. She has lots of answers. And if she doesn't know the answer, she knows how to get it. And she is super generous with her advice. So this can be, you know, an older relative, it can be as, you know, a professional. Uh, For me, it was my son's um, nursery school teachers. They were huge support to me in that way. The second person I include is someone I call an emotional supporter. And this is a uh, friend, relative, professional who is really good at listening. So they don't give advice and they don't try and cheer you up. Mm -hmm. They just let you be where you are. And so often moms don't get that opportunity. The third person I like to call the go-getter. And this is a person who is just really good at getting things done. Now, I don't know about you, Tina and Serena, but I have a couple people in mind who I am in awe of because they can get 10 different things done, you know, the vacuuming, doing the laundry, picking up groceries all before they drop their kids off at school uh, in the morning, you know, Um, but that's not me. And that's all right, because not all of us have that type of personality style. So go-getters are really task-oriented, and they are great and efficient at getting things done. And we all need one of those that we can call upon. And then the last person 
I like to call um, the late night talker. And so this is somebody that can be available to us when we need at different times of the day. Now, in today's social media world, this can be online individuals, particularly since the world is and social media is more global. You know, we can be involved in groups. So if you don't have a person in your life who tends to be up really late, um, it's okay because there there are lots of uh, other ways of, of creating that. Now, the reason it's important to have people in those four categories is because, as you mentioned earlier, we need support. Mm-hmm. We are not biologically designed to raise our families by ourselves. We cannot fill all of the roles that a mom typically, one person cannot fill all of the roles a mom typically would unless it's for their child. Mm. So your mother may fill all four of those roles, but none of us fill all four of those roles for people that aren't our children. Mm. And that's just normal and natural. We all have our own strengths and our own gifts. For example, like I said, I'm not a go-getter. So I'm not the person people call to help them get things done because I still have five loads of laundry in my laundry room. (laughs) Uh, But I am a good, wise woman. I, I know things and I'm pretty good at emotional support. So no surprise there. So by identifying the strengths of your friends, and recognizing your own strengths so you can give those back to your friends, then you're naturally building your community. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It's amazing. And we are all about the finding your champions people. Mm -hmm. And I think you've identified very clearly the types of people to look for that are going to serve, um, you know, you know, your, your support needs in a way that that's very specific. So I love how you broke that down. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. And um, I love to help moms identify their community uh, members and and creating and fleshing it out. Because again, it can feel overwhelming. Like, you know, when I had my son, I was new to our neighborhood. I, I, you know, I, this isn't where I grew up. So I felt very overwhelmed and isolated. And it took me, it took me a while to develop that community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I now recognize and have more tools that I can help other women so it doesn't take them quite as long as I did. <laughs> so um, listeners can find me on my website, which is called momswithoutamom.com. I'm also on Instagram, this Moms Without a Mom. And then Facebook, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group called Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom. And that is a really nice small group, but it's engaged. And the moms there really focus on supporting each other and giving tips and advice and suggestions. It's a very upbeat and positive Hmm. group, which is different than some of the other motherless moms groups, which tend to be more about grief. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you for sharing all of that. So before we close out the episode, I'm curious if there is anything that we haven't asked you that you want to make sure to put out to the world. Well, I am super excited about a couple things coming up that I would love to share. Sure. Um, first and foremost, Mother's Day can be mm. a tough day um, for a lot of moms. And um, 
I am hosting a mom's day of pampering for the week of Mother's Day. And it is a free event. And I already have 16 speakers and it's going to be an experiential um, virtual day of pampering just for moms. And so uh, that link will be on my website. And I would love for as many moms that are interested um, to gift themselves a day of pampering, which will be available for an entire week. So it's not like you have mm-hmm. to set aside mm-hmm. the whole day, but there's there's going to be some self-hypnosis, self-massage. There's going to be meditations and affirmations and crystal healing and all kinds of really good things. So I am excited about that. And then the other thing I'm super excited about is I uh, my the book that I wrote, Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom, will be also available um, for Mother's Day. Hmm. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, yes. thanks for mentioning those things. And they will be there will be more information on your website or yes. in Instagram or Facebook or yes, absolutely. okay, perfect. Excellent. So we appreciate all your um as we sometimes say, we have pain in our lives and we turn that into purpose. And I am grateful that you've shared your pain to purpose moments and um, and thanks for sharing those with others. So we appreciate you joining us today, Melissa. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you ladies. Well, thanks, Melissa. And so podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts, leave us a review while you're there, subscribe, and please share our podcast with others. You'll find more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or call us and leave us a voicemail. You will find that number in our show notes. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you are also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.